Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling. Join Andy Schneider, national spokesperson for the USDA APHIS Avian Health Program, editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine, and author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, Chicken Factor Chicken Poop, and Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, as he welcomes top poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, and poultry nutritionists to discuss the hot topics in the poultry world today and provide science-based, fact-based, study-based information to help you raise the healthiest poultry possible. And now, here's your host, Andy Schneider. All righty. Thank you very much for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisper, brought to you by our good friends right over the state line, Tucker Milling. And uh, very proud to have them on board again for 2022. Looking forward to great things with Tucker Milling. Uh, in fact, today's special guest, he comes on the fourth Thursday of every single month. We're so uh, honored to have him on, is poultry nutritionist Dr. Curran Gehring uh, with Tucker Milling. And today we're going to be talking about, he's going to be educating us about baby chick nutrition. Tis the season. In just a few more days, it'll be February. Um, I've talked to several of the major hatcheries around the country, and they are starting and have started to load the incubators up uh, and are getting ready to hatch out some of their first shipments going all over the country. Uh, you know, as in, in February in the southeastern United States, some of the big farm stores start getting their baby chicks in stock. People and private owners and farm owners and homestead owners start ordering their baby chicks. Uh, this time of year, February gets hot. March gets hotter, and then, boy, Easter rolls around. I think it's a late Easter this year, mid-April, and so uh, that'll be good being a late Easter. That'll be good, of course, for all the hatcheries because they'll have a really extended hatch season, and we hope that this year we don't run into any ice storms and issues like we did last year. With We had a huge uh, shipping delays with these baby chicks. Memphis, uh, the, the FedEx hub there, and the U.S. Um, Postal Service got just backlogged, and and a lot of baby chicks were lost in the shipping uh, situation last year with the ice storms. Hatcheries as far south as Texas were having a hard time getting uh, their hatch chick and orders out even to the airport because of the icy roads and losing power and things like that. So we hope this year <laughs> the hatching season for these awesome hatcheries that keep us supplied with all these baby chicks will have a non-issue regarding weather, and we hope that all the shipping agencies have gotten caught up and, and caught up from their backlogs so we can all get our baby chicks in time. But, uh, you know, we'll probably do a show coming up here next on brooders uh, because, again, there's a lot of people every year, especially with the pandemic. People want to start gardens and having some livestock. And we know that baby chickens or baby chicks are kind of the gateway animal to having more livestock. Like then it comes to goats, then it's hogs, then it's cows. Um, and so 
probably in the next few weeks do one specifically on brooders. We'll probably do one on choosing the right breed for you. But today, Dr. Curran Gehring is going to join us uh, and talk about baby chick nutrition because that is it's it's paramount. It's very very important uh, because if you think about it this way, those baby chicks are so small when you get them, and everybody wants to spoil them. Everybody seems to want to humanize them. Everybody wants to start throwing treats at them. Everybody wants to do all this stuff that they see on these chicken, you know, forums and chicken groups. Um, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of the things that are suggested is just not not correct for have the optimum health for your chicks, your chickens, um, whether it be layers, meat birds, whatever the case may be. Because if you think about it, and Doc will get into this here in a little bit, if you think about how tiny these baby chicks are and the amount of feed that they're actually consuming, it's, it's literally in grams. Okay, how much ch- uh, baby chick the first week, the first eight weeks, how much food are they actually consuming from this chick starter that we're giving them? Um, and it, it really just amounts to a few grams. So if you start throwing at them, uh, you know, how soon can I give them treats? How soon can I give them food scraps? How soon can I give them spaghetti noodles or cantaloupe or, or strawberries or mealworms and things like that? Um, then you can imagine how how even even with adult chickens, and you know I harp on this a lot as far as how, how treats can really dilute their, their nutritional um, uh, nutritional, their balanced feed, um, with these baby chicks that are only consuming just a little bit, just grams, when you start throwing all these treats at them, that's going to even reduce even more the, the, um, the dilution process, the diluting their nutritionally balanced feed that they need for these strong bones. The, the digestive system hasn't even really developed yet, uh, and people are starting to want to throw this, all this stuff at them. Uh, and because you love your chicks, I get it, I understand that, but yet, we want you to do the best thing for your baby chicks. And then people kind of fall back on, well, if, if you let the mama hen raise these baby chicks and out in the yard and you see what they are picking up, all this stuff out in the yard, that seems to be fine for them. But it's not fine for them. You know, in that situation uh, with, with that natural process, you, you know, that, as far as evolution goes and the chicken being domesticated for 8,000 years, um, you've got to look at it like this. That, that chicken, that chick, that will grow up into a hen, it, you, you know, you want – Eggs. You want an egg every day. People complain if they're not getting eggs for whatever reason, whether it be the daylight, the short hours, the molting, whatever. Why am I getting eggs? These freeloaders. But yet, are you doing your part to make sure that they have the nutrition that they need to lay these eggs for you? And so, yeah, so just, you know, having them out free ranging, oh, that's how nature did it for 8,000 years. You know, your, your, your egg totals aren't going to be what they could be if you're doing proper chick and hen nutrition. That's why we have Dr. Curran on once a month so we can learn more about how we can uh, properly um, feed our chicks and chickens and hens and meat birds to get the most out of them. Because let's face it, you want those eggs. I see you complaining about not getting eggs in all of these groups every year. Um, So let's do what we can on the nutrition side to make sure you get all of those nutritious eggs, which is going to take good nutrition for the hen to be optimal uh, an optimal layer for them. So we're going to do that. I'm going to go to a really quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to bring uh, on Dr. Uh, Gehring, and he's going to talk about this. I believe he's down at IPPE in Atlanta. Uh, I chose not to go this year for several reasons, health issues that I've had. I'm feeling great now. I'm back to 100%, um, but I just didn't want to take that chance with all this, all these strains going around and it being a global event, everybody conversing there uh, and, and from all around the world. Um, and then uh, so I, I took a break this year. I'll probably head back next year. And I'm actually even getting ready to start replanting um, 
the uh, awesome event that we had three years ago before the pandemic hit, Cooptastic 2023. So I'm looking forward to that. I'll have more on that as, as more podcasts become delivered. The first one was absolutely fantastic. In fact, Curran was there um, with uh, Representative Tucker Milling. But I'm looking at, at maybe scheduling that for 2023 at the same location. It's going to be a fantastic event. We'll start probably taking um, registrations in probably April or May because it does take about a year to plan these huge events because it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Let me go to commercial break. We'll come back. We'll be talking about baby trick nutrition with our good friend, poultry nutritionist, Dr. Curran Gehring with Tucker Milling. We'll be back right after this short break. Stay with us, folks. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Are you dealing with a stinky coop or brooder? Backyard chicken owners are loving Chick Fresh. Not only does it eliminate the nasty odors, but it also eliminates the dangerous and unhealthy ammonia. You can use Chick Fresh in your coop, brooder, garbage can, litter boxes, and more. Even use it in your spouse's smelly shoes. Get your bottle 15% off today by going to coopcarespecial.com. Take back control and say no to nasty odors. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Strong Animals uses plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Our daily snacks, water additives, and coop refresher products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to promote digestive health and immunity. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals products. Available at local farm stores across the country and Amazon. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today to learn more. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today. I'm going to go right over to our phone lines here, and we're going to bring on Dr. Curran Gehring, poultry nutritionist with Tucker Milling. And uh, how's everything going down there at IPPE, my friend? Oh, it went really well. I actually made it home uh, a little bit ago, but uh, it was a, a great week and learned a lot, and uh, and so I'm, I'm really glad that I went this year. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I can't wait to go again uh, next year, and I learned over the years of attending this uh, huge, massive event. In fact, um, I'm kind of proud to say, kind of honored that uh, a few years ago, I was really the only, if you want to call it media, that was allowed on the floor. You know, there's a special media room up top 
um, uh, where all the mm-hmm. media normally is hanging out doing interviews with folks. But um, uh, John Starkey, uh, who, who ran that for years and years and years, and I'm sure he's still very involved, um, emailed me and said, how would you like to have your own booth on the floor? So we were on the floor, and it was fantastic, and we did all the interviews from our booth at the floor. Um, and then the other years, I just kind of did the walk. I didn't need a booth. Uh, I did the walk and interviewed folks and met lots of folks, including sponsors and per- perspective and new sponsors and things. And, and But I learned the last day, if you can hang around to the last day, especially the last two or three hours, and you kind of make those rounds to all those contacts you made, now, a lot of these vendors don't want to take home and haul back all this cool stuff that they have. So they'll <laughs> <That's right>. be, <laughs> they will be happy to allow you to take home whatever they had on display. So I picked some, picked up some fantastic stuff. I mean, um, tabletop incubators, uh, new heating units, some brooders, um, feeders, waterers. I mean, some really amazing stuff. And then some things will be like, you know, I don't really have that stock, but I will send it to you. So it, it's fantastic, and you can learn so much there, even in, in the backyard. I remember when I was touring there, current a couple of years ago, and I broadcast mm-hmm. live on my Facebook page, and, and it was my whole goal for all three days was to convey to all my listeners over the years, thousands of them, that, you know, you may have a small backyard flock with 12 hens, and you love them, and they're your pets, but you would be amazed at how much from IPPE, how much in the corporate uh, chicken world, um, uh, filters down to your backyard from the chickens that you have in your backyard. So many people have Isa Browns, and you and I both know the technology and the science that goes into developing an Isa Brown from Hubbard, or, or you know, or maybe the um, uh, the other. Um, what are the ones that we've got now? The Bovens Brown, Hendricks Bovens Brown, mm-hmm. all the science, the science and the pellet, the pelleting machines. The, I mean, all of that. People, oh, I just have 12 chickens in my backyard, da 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 da. But all the technology that goes into that, whether it be their feed or those birds or even uh, products like Ralco, who we just heard their commercial doing all of these all natural products for small backyard flocks, and they're at IPPE, and uh, they're they're all about science. They're using science still on the natural side for for uh, to, to pr- produce these natural, because we all know that's where they first want to go if there's something wrong in their flock or to try to prevent before they get into the more of the pharmaceutical stuff. That's just the way it is, whether we like it or not. And and uh, so they, they've kind of utilized that. So uh, it, all, it all starts really at IPPE. I remember it was fantastic. Um, that year I saw a, a new brooder incubator set up, and literally these um, – chickens would hatch out of the egg and as soon as they started wobbling around and 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 exploring around they'd fall through the floor we want to talk you know we're just talking just a a couple of few inches and they fall down into basically the brooder where the water and the feed is uh because we've learned over the years that is really as soon as they're kind of fluffed out as soon as they're dried out if you can get them into that water and feed how much better that is for the long you may talk about that today matter of fact how how much better that is for the Mm -hmm. longevity of the baby chicks because if you remember i know dr mccray had talked about you know back in the 20s a long time ago uh, even in textbooks, it talked about withholding feed and water for up to 72 hours or whatever. And we always hear that. People, newbies hear that, oh, well, we can ship chicks across the country because they can go about 72 hours after they absorb the yolk and have that nutrition for about three days. That's how we can ship chicks. But, you know, really as soon as they, they hatch and they're fluffy and start exploring, bam, get that water and feed in them. And that's even the folks at Auburn University. In fact, I learned that from um, a gentleman at Auburn. God, it must have been eight years ago when I set in on a, 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 a 
seminar he was doing about that, and he was like, we have learned, studies prove, this is, you know, no questions asked. As soon as you can get them on that nutritional, you know, that chick starter in that water, we've seen much better results. And, and then what they do is they use that yoke, and I'm preaching to the choir here because you are the Ph.D. Um, they use that yoke and all that for basically um, – long-term uh, nutrition and disease prevention, almost like colostrum uh, from mother's milk. Mm -hmm. And what it does, that, that yolk, they're not using that yolk uh, to survive. They can actually use it to up their immune system and, and um, fight, fighting a disease later on and things like that. All this fascinating stuff I've learned from folks just like yourself at IPPE or taking these, uh, even the, going to a commercial seminar on, on backyard poultry, roller houses, layer houses, whatever, and how it all trickles down to what we're going to learn about today even, and that's baby chick nutrition. So I'm glad you're back home safe. I'm glad you had a great time. IPP is always fantastic to visit. And um, we'll start learning about baby chick nutrition and start your outline of where you want to get us started and where you want us to head today. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think since you, uh, you know, me you mentioned the yolk sac and, and you know, chicks do have that that can provide nutrition for, you know, a short period of time. But one thing I think that's important to remember is that, you know, not every chick is going to be able to use that as, as well. Some, uh, you know, just uh, for whatever reason aren't uh, as, uh, uh, you know, set for life as, as uh as the majority of them, uh, and then they can, you know, if there's any uh, interruption in their uh, access to feed or water, if they don't get it right away, uh, you know, that can start causing uh, major problems. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why you see a lot of uh, your mortality in the first week because those birds, uh, you know, they don't have a uh, developed immune system. They don't have a developed gut. Uh, and... So you know anything that uh, that slows the process of uh, during that first week when they're developing uh, very rapidly uh, can have you know very far-reaching consequences. And and the, and the other thing you know when I was thinking about this from a, a backyard flock standpoint is you know I I don't know if everyone uh, has this, the same level of management. Mm -hmm. And so you know one thing that can happen is if those birds, you know, don't get feed and, and water right away, and um, that's going to uh, decrease your flock uniformity. So you're going to get a, a wider spread of, of birds that handled it okay versus some that didn't. And then as you, uh, you know, potentially raising uh, feeders or waters, uh, you know, there could be some chicks that that then, you know, aren't getting big enough, Um uh, and if you're not watching those birds constantly and making sure that they can they can reach the feed and water, uh, you, know, you know, then then you can start to lose uh, some of those birds. And, and think about this: they, people all, they they just it's drilled into their mind. As soon as they get in backyard chickens, they they can go 72 hours without food and water because of that absorption of the yolk before they hatch. And you know, think about this: even at places like Ideal Poultry and and uh, all these other hatcheries that are, that are huge out there, you know, you may have 
a 12-hour, maybe even a 24-hour difference between these two birds that are hatching that are in the shipping container that you've got, especially if you order different breeds. So you may, you may literally, mm-hmm. even if it's just coming out of the same hatcher, it could be up to 12 hours. So you know, we've all, all experienced that hatching at home. Oh, this chick, it's, it's actually you know pecked out, and it's, it's been trying to hatch for 18 hours now. And so that's an 18-hour difference. So if you start playing around with those numbers, there could be a 12 or possibly up to a 24-hour difference between the, all the chicks in the shipping box you just got, and you're basing everything on 72 hours, then you've got possibly some in there that have, have extended that 72-hour period or right at it, and you may have others that are just at oh, yeah. you know, 48 hours. So, so a lot of people don't use that into a factor, the, the length and difference uh, hatch times for, these, for the baby chicks too, which really makes that 72-hour uh, theory um, not all that reliable sometimes. So uh, there's there's that issue to share with our listeners uh, as well. Yeah, that's a that's a great point because if you didn't hatch them yourself, uh, you don't know how long it's been, mm-hmm. and and you don't know if they provided uh, feed or water during transportation or not. Or mm-hmm. um, so yeah, you want you want to provide it uh, as soon as possible. And um, yeah, I know we're. Uh, you know, talking about nutrition mostly, but another management point is, uh, you know, I think most people probably have, uh, you know, bell waters or, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. But I know some some folks uh, do have uh, nipple lines and you know nipple drinkers, right. uh, which are fantastic. But it's very very important that you know when you start a new flock and you have uh, those. Uh, you know, automatic waters or, or cup or nipple uh, drinkers that you check the ball valves and make, and and make sure you know tap them, tap them, make sure that water's coming out um, because you know sometimes when you're if you're cleaning out uh, your chicken coop in between flocks and maybe you uh, close the valve, uh, you know you, you got to make sure that that, uh, that 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 water's available when when you put them down. Absolutely. So we'll let you go ahead and start where you wanted to start today, and everybody's going to be taking notes, including myself. Okay. Well, um, it, you know, it's funny when you when you mentioned, uh, you know, feeding treats early on, and, and you mentioned uh, spaghetti noodles. So, you know, I think a lot of people probably uh, salt their water, and so, uh, you know, there could be a pretty good uh you know percentage of sodium uh in, in in those noodles this is an example and so i was looking at uh the uh you know east brown um management guide and from zero to seven days uh a, a chick's gonna consume about 11 grams of feed uh per day and that goes up to 17 grams per day from eight to 14 days of age um, and then 25 grams per day from 15 to 21 so um, I, I guess a, a good in, uh, way to think about that is 11 grams, uh, you know, their daily intake in the first week is about the weight of one penny. Or I'm sorry, not that that would be if, sorry that was if you dilute it uh, by 30 percent. So uh, a penny is about 2.5 grams. So it's about okay. four four pennies is all the food that they're um, going to consume, and so if if you were putting some type of uh treat out or the you know spaghetti noodles as an example uh and you were diluting their diet by thirty percent 
you know, that, that sounds like a whole lot. Like, well, I'd, I would never dilute their diet by 30%, but that 30% is only the weight of one penny. And if uh, if whatever that, uh, you know, extra, you know, supplement or treat was had 2.5% salt, so not very much, that would be enough to raise the sodium level to where you're going to start to get wet litter, um, you know, which, you know, then can cause issues with foot pads and they get older, uh, not to mention the, the smell and the, uh, and the mess. And so, you know, that, that's one thing that it was surprising to me how, how little it takes. I mean, just that's 3.3 grams a day per chick during that first week to get sodium to a level that's not good. Yeah, um, it, it really is amazing, and I, I never really realized that either until, and I forget who initially mentioned all that to me about the, you know, the grams that they're eating, and then you start throwing treats at them. How even, how even more so it dilutes their nutritionally balanced feed than say a, a full-grown hen um, for that. So yeah, it's it's it really woke me up as well as far as that that theory and the baby chicks because. Um, and most folks, and we can get your take on it too, most folks will say in the professional atmosphere uh, that you're in, will say, you know, six to eight weeks at least on just their starter feed before you, because my understanding also is their uh, digestive system is still developing for weeks, several weeks anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, at, at least three weeks. I think, uh, I don't know exact number off the top of my head, but I believe it's mm-hmm. around around four weeks to so you have a you know pretty mature digestive system and immune system, and and you know going back to the penny example, even between uh, two and three weeks, um, you know they're only consuming 25 uh, grams per day. So it takes the weight of three pennies to dilute their diet by 30 percent um, from two to three weeks. So you know that's the other the other part to it is as far as waiting till they're older is you know that that number is not so small once they start eating more and they and they and they do start eating more um fairly quickly but it, it's still a very small amount um you know when they're only 2 or 3 weeks old and you know and the, the reason that you know I keep uh using a 30% example is there's a lot of chick starters on the market that are 18% protein and you know that that's nowhere near you know what the like what a commercial level of of protein would be and so you know some of the more premium or ultra premium uh products would be you know twenty one or twenty two percent protein and if you if you bought that uh higher protein feed which is gonna cost more of course if if that was diluted by thirty percent you just made their amino acid intake equal to an 18% feed. Mm-hmm. So all the value that you paid for, you know, could potentially be gone. Um, you know, depending on the nutrient uh, composition of, of whatever the, uh, you know, the, the extra treat or, or whatever they're consuming would be. So what, what percentage protein would the, uh, the Tucker Miller – uh, uh, chick starter have the Tucker Milling chick starter. Yep. What what protein are we looking at there? Yeah, so we actually we have both. 
Um, so we we have a couple, uh, you know, regular Kickstarters. It's what we had for uh, for years, uh, and those are eighteen percent. Okay. Um, and that's you know that's that's the highest volume uh, that we sell, and and probably I'd say that most companies sell because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we also have a, a 21% uh, show flock starter. Right. That, uh, that was just released last year. Your, your show flock line was released, yeah. was it last year? Right, exactly. That's right. Because um, yep. um, I've been, been researching a lot of that as well. And so I wanted to kind of go down this rabbit hole, if you would, too. So 18%, probably the majority that you sell, price point, uh, 18%, still good for those starter chicks. And then you have like the, the you said the 21%. I believe you said for the for the show line, which is a little bit more, but nowhere near game bird starter at say twenty eight percent. And you and I were talking on the phone yesterday about how probably about fifteen years ago, and even as little as maybe ten years ago, and still some people today I'll see in the in the forums uh, that they'll mm-hmm. say, "Oh, I, I always give no matter what the breed, even if I'm getting Rhode Island red layers from the mail order hatchery, I'm giving game bird starter at twenty eight percent." And then they have their theory that because they're going to grow bigger and stronger and faster and, and all this stuff and then when we've mentioned that also on the show with experts like yourself it's like boy oh boy you're just asking for trouble when you put that amount of protein and not only again wasting yeah. money because they're going to poop a lot of that out and then talking about maybe more poop and then we're talking about you have an egg layer now that may have uh, uh, lifelong issues with their uh, reproductive tract and and being egg bound and different things like that because you just pounded this 28% protein at them when they were so little. So it can go the opposite way. You know, we know we don't want to feed uh, laying feed to, to the uh, baby chicks because way too much calcium that they don't need and not enough protein. And then you've got the opposite end of not throwing this game bird starter at them at 28% because that's, that's going to have negative effects probably all their life. Um, and then 18 to 21 like you're saying, is, is kind of that fine-tuning of what, what we really want them to have uh, for their chick starter that's been developed by folks just like yourself, experts in f- uh, feed nutrition for these animals. Yeah. And, um, go ahead. Uh, and, you know, with feeding, uh, you know, a 28% uh, protein feed, um, you, you know, you got to remember that that chick does not have a developed uh, digestive system yet. So, and, you know their ability to uh, to digest and absorb uh, the amino acids from that protein is is not at a uh, at a mature level. So you know a lot of that's going to make it to the hindgut, and that's what you do not want is extra protein uh, into the hindgut. And and the uh, you know the other thing is if you look at um, feeding uh, increasing levels of of a nutrient. Say, uh, say lysine, one of the most important amino acids. If you graph that, uh, and you know your variable you're measuring is say uh, body weight gain, it's going to increase uh, rapidly. So you can think of um, you know a 45 degree angle left to right, and then when you hit the requirement, then it's going to plateau and and go flat so that so then if you keep adding more and more and more you're not getting more benefit um it it just costs more and you're potentially causing uh health problems in the bird and then you know like you said uh long-term negative consequences for the layer and you know another thing to uh to know about that is 
let's say that there's a coxie challenge. Well, what's going to increase your chances of uh, necrotic enteritis uh, tremendously? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. undigested protein um, getting to the high. Ah, uh, wow. So, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, not not a good idea. I mean, you, you definitely um, probably want more digestible amino acids than, than you would find in most uh, economy backyard uh, Kickstarters, but... You, you don't want access, for sure. Right. See, I learned something new right there. And, and again, it kind of goes back to the old saying, uh, too much is not always better. Just like, you know, if we take, we have an array of multivitamins or vitamins we're taking every morning, and we're like, well, I'm going to take 400,000 units of vitamin C. Obviously, we, you know, we're going to you know, pee that out, whatever. We're not going to use it, so we just wasted all that money. I'm going to have to buy another jar of this stuff, and I'm not getting the benefit of it. And in some cases, um, it's it's going to do uh, more harm than good. How does the um, how when, when you look at a bag of chick starter and then a bag of just say 16% lay-in pellet? And uh, now we know we won't get into all the details because most folks know, hey, you know, the it's lower in protein but higher in calcium for the layer feed. I, I, I'm curious about how. And when you when you have that chick layer and versus the chick starter, uh, the difference in vitamins and minerals for that young start is is it a different Vitapack that we're giving? Is it you know is it is it you would think like a, a child taking Flintstone vitamins versus no vitamins or an adult vitamin versus a child vitamin? And uh, is it is it a, a world of difference between not just the ingredients like the corn or the soybean or you know, but I mean as far as the vitamins are concerned week old chick, chick starter and layer. Is it a fast difference? Or are they pretty close at the end of the day for the vitamin part of it, vitamin nutrient, vitamin and uh, minerals and things? Um, I, you know, probably for most, uh, most bag feed, they're, they're probably pretty similar. Um, but you know, the young chick is, is definitely going to have higher requirements for, um, for those vitamins and minerals. Um, and then especially in the first three weeks where that immune system is developing, you know, we really want to protect that, that chick. And, and of course, that, that, you know, costs money. But if, um, you know, if you lose a chick before it it matures into a, a hen and, and lays eggs, then, then you've lost every egg that, that that bird was, you know, ever going to lay. And so, you know, it's it's worth it to, to look at um minerals like uh, zinc uh copper you know mm-hmm. copper at, at higher levels than um than the requirement is actually antimicrobial and and improves uh nutrient digestibility as as well um zinc can, can be uh antimicrobial um and then you have a lot of those vitamins that um uh, and and those minerals that are uh you know essential for uh, optimum immune function, mm-hmm. and so yeah, they they do need more. Um, you know, I think a lot of times uh, in the in the commercial industry, for, uh, for example, they won't have separate uh, you know starter or finisher or hen um, vitamin and trace mineral premixes, but they would just yeah use more in a in a starter diet and then decrease the the amount. Uh, as they get older. Let me ask you this too. Um, are you, 
and this I guess this will just be your professional opinion as a PhD poultry nutritionist but um, when we have our baby chicks because there's so many things when you're looking through the feed store on the shelf just hey this that the other you know the save a chick probiotic or the vitamins and or the, the um, electrolytes and all this stuff um, that, that these these folks see and and all this fancy labeling on the package that whatever they want you to believe mm-hmm. that their product does what's what's your two cents worth as a poultry nutritionist now, I don't know really what the commercial folks do if they're doing their feed plus uh, adding more nutrients even into the water that these and of course then it gets into are they are they doing pulse are they do layers are they meat birds whatever in the commercial field but for for keeping it real for our show that you know the backyard chicken keeper that wants twelve laying hens and they just got their chicks from ideal poultry um, what's your two cents worth on obviously you the uh, a, a important nutritionally balanced chick starter I mean that's pretty obvious um, but as mm-hmm. far as adding you know I'm going to add extra vitamins and electrolytes. I got this little packet for a buck twenty nine at the store and I'm just gonna put it in their water. Or this product or that product or or um two cents on that based on the you being the developer of this feed that I always tell folks nutritionally balanced feed, it's in there. Ever it's developed to have everything that this baby chick or this laying hen or this meat bird needs uh to to have a healthy life. Um, but then people are flooded with all this extracurricular stuff that, oh, add this to the water and they'll get these results or that results or, or better or more results. Um, do you, are you for or against? Are you in certain situations? Maybe there's a stressful event. Maybe we're coming off coccidi- coccidiosis. Maybe we're um, – uh, uh, after the eight-week age, now we're into, I say, a grower feed, or maybe when they start laying. When, what's your two cents worth on these extra water additives, whether it be electrolytes or vitamin minerals or vitamins and electrolytes or anything else for that matter? Uh, and, and yes, no, and yes, there's a catch. Like we'll probably start that when they're a few weeks old or maybe when they start laying or if there's something that causes stress in, in that chick's life, whether it be coxie, another disease, or something else. Yes, um, it, you know, definitely not a, against them, um, and, and I don't think it's the same as as providing another food source. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I, I don't think it's going to hurt at all. Um, but you definitely would get uh, more bang for your buck when there's a um, you, you know a stressful event, um, mm-hmm. and one of those is when you when you uh, first get baby chicks when they're a day old, yep. or you know, and I get you know at the at the feed store they they may be uh, you know a little older than that depending on how long they've been there. But um, you know you think about that that chick had to hatch out of the egg, uh, and then it got put in a box and put on a truck. And, <laughs> right. Yeah, and and it's going through all these uh, rapid changes internally, um, and growing uh, rapidly and. So that, that it's a very uh, stressful time. So you know that that would be a good time. Um, also, uh, in the in the south, when it's you know in in August, if you have mm-hmm. three or four days that are very humid and hundred degrees, um, you know th- that's very stressful. And and you typically would see you know reduced uh, feed intake and and uh, so you know giving them a, a little extra and and more electrolytes there is, is going to help. Um, well, without so, a doubt, you know, 
getting hatched, depending on the hatcher you order from, going down that conveyor belt, possibly getting going through the machine that will uh, give them their uh, vaccines if you chose to get any of those, and then just shipping. Mm-hmm. And, and it, just last week, I got a piece of electronics in the mail shipped, and it was mint condition uh, from 1978, and it wasn't destroyed, but it was definitely very much damaged and I had to send it back and get a refund because of the shipping, the handling of that box. There's no way what it was, how it was packed. It had to have fallen from several feet off the ground or tossed and thrown or thrown in the back and hit. And it was just, it was horrible. So I'm not saying they handle chicks like that, but you know, it it can be very stressful for this baby chick for for when you get them. And uh, now I know that some of your dealers are are carrying a product. I just remembered this from last year uh, that I think that, you're involved with with a company, uh, mm-hmm. Phytobiotics. Are they are they still uh, y'all still kind of advocating that for your stores and putting that product in the stores? Yeah, and uh, we actually have some uh, pretty exciting news about that. Okay. Um, so, you know, some people uh, may be familiar with that product. Uh, it's you know sold on on Amazon in a jar, and and a, and a uh-huh. few of our dealers have have bought uh, uh, some of the jars, but they the the jar retails for uh, around thirty-five dollars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it, it's actually a, a little cheaper than the than the little packets that, gotcha. that you see at every store. But yeah, yeah. that's a, a really high, uh, you know, barrier for entry. You know, for, to try yeah, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I understand that, and and phytobiotics understands that. So so um, they're developing packets that are going to be you know, probably a little bit more expensive than than the Save a Chick or Duravet, but mm-hmm. in, instead of just an electrolyte or just a botanical or just a vitamin mm-hmm. uh, source or or probiotic, it's all in one. It's it's so it's their original formula. It'll just be prepackaged for that that individual boost. Maybe that one gallon water that people use in when they they first get baby chicks, so that quart water or whatever. Just, yeah. uh pour like that exactly so maybe they just want to use it for the first couple of weeks because i think that jar normally is about a depending on how many chicks you have what your size water you are 30 days maybe a little more 45 days um mm-hmm. and this way if you wanted to give that for the first two weeks because uh you you advocate you know as this chicken owner say you know what, i always give something the first couple of weeks i've had good luck with that then they can do that and still at a smaller price point than going all in at 35 bucks for a bottle or the jar yeah, yep, and then um yeah, and we've talked about um making you know maybe a, a a smaller jar but with a with half the si- uh, you know smaller scoop. Mm-hmm. And so um so you can you know treat a smaller amount of water cuz you know I talked to them about when when we asked on on Facebook what the you know everyone's flock size was and and I think that the average was 15 birds. And uh, and so you know, phytobiotics is, is in their the majority of their business. They're they're dealing with you know, thousands of birds. So, um, you, you know, we had to to get that number right, and and say so we you know we need to make this for uh, so so it doesn't you know you don't need to treat gallons and gallons of of water, but yeah. you need to make it usable and, and more affordable. So. So hopefully we'll have a a jar later on that's that's going to be okay. Um, you know, closer to 20 or or 25 um and it'll be a little cheaper than buying the the packets, but of course we'll we'll have the packets as well. 
Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Hey, I'm going to go to commercial break. I just looked at the clock, and we'll come back, and because we'll, I've used that product. Before. In fact, I tested that product for about a year before it even came to market, and then we, we basically, uh, Phytobiotics, we, we launched that live at IPPE a couple of years ago after me uh, trying it for, for, I don't know, six months to a year before that, and then we launched it, and then uh, it, w- it was great because you all started carrying it, and I was already familiar with it, and I already had a relationship with you guys, and so... Um, um, yeah, that's that's great news. They're going to do, you know, maybe a smaller jar, maybe those packets to be in kind of direct competition. But when again, like everything else that we've talked about, if they look at the ingredients of what they're buying, compare apples to apples, um, and then look what bang for mm-hmm. your buck that that you're getting. Because I gave it to my meat birds, I gave it to my chicks, I gave it to my layers. We did tests all across the board with that product, and it's it's again just there's a scoop. I think it was a scoop per gallon, maybe. I think what it was, or I forget what it was, but um, uh, but yeah. So we, yeah. I'm very familiar with that product. So I'm going to go to commercial break, Dr. Kern, uh, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute with more baby chick nutrition, which I know all of you are interested in and taking notes about. So really short break this time. The second one will go around. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at strombergschickens.com. That's strombergschickens.com. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. The Yardbird Chicken Plucker takes the hassle out of backyard chicken processing by fully defeathering birds in just 15 seconds. Powered by a 1.5 horsepower electric motor, the Yardbird Chicken Plucker can handle two eight-pound birds at one time, while the built-in irrigation ring keeps your hands free for other butchering tasks. The 20-inch stainless steel drum features 110 rubber plucking fingers that gently remove feathers and dirt without tearing the skin. When butchering is complete, the plucker rinses clean with just soap and water. To learn more or purchase your plucker, visit YardbirdPluckers.com. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us. I knew I shouldn't have eaten that caramel while I was on break, close to the end of the commercial. <laughs> My wife has this tin from Christmas with all these goodies in it, and I was like, oh, I'll eat caramel real fast. Now that she's looking at me going, do this mean face. You're eating my caramels, 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 depending on where you're from around the country. And I'm sitting here trying to eat it fast. Huh? 
you're going to have to hide them. You're right, exactly right, especially if you're right here in front of my face when I'm doing my radio show. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Also, one last one. Uh, next time you are in Walmart and you need shavings and you're like, oh, I'm here right now, I can load these shavings on my buggy and walk out the store with them. They're American wood fibers, so I know they're great. Great product, great company. And uh, it's an hour to my feed store, who I love, but it's an hour away. It's 45 minutes away. It's 30 minutes away. And I'm right here in Walmart getting my beans anyway. I think I'll go ahead and get some shavings while I'm here. Um, And uh, you've got it, whether it be the uh, cedar shavings or the pine shavings there. American Wood Fibers are producing those. I just got a whole tub, like a 55-gallon barrel of new shavings that we're going to be testing for them. Um, And I think they're paper-based. And I'm not sure, Jen asked me, are these have the odor control infusion as well? And I'm not sure. I'll have to check with them to see if these new paper-based shavings, we're going to be using them in a brooder setting uh, here in about a month, uh, if they're infused with the odor control that they're using. Um, also, if you, uh, about 20 of you, when I, when I got on my Facebook page and I asked, I said, hey, guys, if you would like to try a product, in return of leaving a review on Chewy, uh, give me your information. I was swamped. I had probably 300 people uh, before I had literally just had to delete the post <laughs> that wanted to do that. And uh, initially it was 10. We upped it to 20. So 20 of my listeners and followers should be in the process of getting a new product uh, from American Wood Fibers that you'll try out. And then uh, just all you got to do is really review uh, on the product, uh, honest review on uh, Chewy. And uh, so uh, email me and let me know if you got those. Uh, We're in the process you are of getting those. If you were one of the lucky ones that got an email back from um, American Wood Fiber, so you can email me, cw at chickcw at chickenwhisperer.com, because I'm interested to see. uh, I know the list of people that I sent her, but I don't know uh, where in the process it is if you all have gotten your product yet. So let's get back over here to the phone lines with our good friend, Dr. Curran Gehring, with uh, Tucker Milley, uh, poultry nutritionist and uh, continue talking about baby chick uh, nutrition. Now, a lot of people, this is heads up to, uh, and it depends on, I, I guess, maybe how you were taught. I, I've learned so many times, you know, well, my instructors at this university told me or taught me this. I've kind of rolled with that. Um, and even on the feedbacks, it differs a little bit. Not a big deal. Um, but basically, um, oh, and let me say this really quick. If you're interested in Medicated starter or regular starter versus each, which one choose. There is a fantastic, absolutely fantastic episode uh, Dr. Gehring did with myself uh, last year. And you can go and look it up. Just look at our page there at blogtalkradio.com. Again, blogtalkradio.com. And just scroll through. It was last year, and we and we talked about the differences between medicated and non-medicated starter, which one's best for you, the pros, the cons, new technology that's come out with it based on maybe uh, uh, the, med- the, the medication we've been using in, in the medicated starter for however many decades is starting to maybe not be so effective now. So it's a really great episode, so I encourage you to go back and look for, for that one as well. And I think it was titled something like Medicated Chick Starter, Is It On Its Way Out or Is It uh, is it uh, is it becoming obsolete? Something like that, just to give you a help there. But you look at the back of these bags, uh, Doc, and you'll see uh, starter for eight weeks, grower for the next eight weeks, and then at 16 weeks, start your laying feed. And then you'll see uh, starter for 16 weeks, and or maybe it's a starter slash grower, and they'll say starter slash grower for the first 16 weeks, and then start your laying feed. And some people will go out to 18 weeks. So they're all pretty close, 16 to 18 weeks, they'll say to start your mm-hmm. layer feed. Uh, and then 
some will just say 16 week starter grower some will say eight week starter eight weeks grower and then at 16 start or 18 start your uh, laying feed um, based on and, and and we've covered all the differences kind of between those higher protein higher calcium lower protein high that type of thing um, and uh, and we go that route and then we've had some folks because I know you went to Auburn we've had some folks at Auburn and and I forget his name. I want to say it was in a magazine article he wrote for for our magazine, and uh, maybe on the radio show. And his theory was to and I'll explain why. And this is probably more controversial. He'll say, "Well, just wait till you see the first egg, then laying feed." Yet Dr. McRae, poultry scientist, says you really want to have them on the uh, uh, um, laying feed about uh, four weeks before they start laying uh, to get prepared for for this production of eggs. Um, and when I when I asked and questioned the, the gentleman at Auburn, he was like, "What I based that on is that uh, it's uh, sometimes people aren't sure. I don't know how old this chick is. I just got it. I don't know how old this hen is. I just got it. It's not laying yet, or apparently it's not laying yet. So instead of risking giving a uh, pullet uh, uh, or a hen non laying, you know, early all that calcium, they it's kind of a, a fail safe, I think, if you will, um, in in general." Just if you're not sure of the age, you don't have the eight weeks, eight weeks, 16 weeks, and, and there's variables mixed in there, maybe a mixed flock, different ages, whatever, just just st- you know, start with the layer when you see the first egg. And some people on the forums kind of uh, will tout that and say, oh, just you know, when do I need to start layer? Oh, when you see the first egg. But everybody else I've talked to, except for that one, one person at Auburn, everybody else across the board, across the country, normally sticks to that. 16 to 18 weeks is when we want to start uh, the the layer feed because we want them to have that extra calcium and those that special feed for laying about four weeks before they start laying. So based on your recommendation and what's on the back of on the back of Tucker Milling bags, what is Tucker Milling and Dr. Curran Gearing's kind of recommendation for grower starter for 16 or 18 weeks then starting to layer or do you all do you say starter grower and then uh if it's separate and then going to a layer at 16 or 18 uh what say you my friend yeah well you know i think there's probably not a, a perfect answer for, <laughs> right, for backyard right. flocks and uh you know that's because you know yeah some people uh, may buy and uh you know pullets or an older bird and not know exactly how old they are um the other thing is there's so many different uh breeds and um you know different parts of the country and, and people mm-hmm. feeding different seeds that have different nutrient densities they'll have turkeys um, in there they'll have so, ducks in there they'll have yeah. game birds in there you're right they'll have this mixed flock say so i just ordered nine layers i ordered you know, six meat birds, I ordered two turkeys, and I ordered, you know, four ducks, and uh, can I raise them all in the same brooder? Can they all go in the same pen and coop? <laughs> so you're right. A lot yeah. of times in that backyard setting, it's such a mixed bag of what they have. Yeah, and so, you know, I think on our show flock uh, seeds, I actually put, you know, you can feed until until the first egg appears. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's because it, it, like, if you go to the grocery store and, and buy eggs, those birds were probably given a, a pullet developer in between grower and layer. Okay. And that pullet developer is going to have, you know, around half the amount of calcium that the layer feed would have. Okay. And, and it's reduced protein. Is it also, does it also reduce protein? My, my theory was always starter was a little higher in protein. 
grow her a little bit less, and then of course, then we go down to 15 to 16 percent for the for the layer. In most cases, I know you have a great 22 uh, percent super lay uh, for for layers. Mm -hmm which is a fantastic feed, but I think in the commercial, you and I had talked about, it's normally maybe even 15 or 16%, sometimes even 15, but, but in that transition, this is from my personal knowledge, when you said that they, they, have, they have kind of a, a, a middle-of-the-line feed, do, do they reduce the protein there too uh, and add a little bit of calcium, or is it the same amount of protein and added calcium? Do you know in most cases, do they lower the protein that, at that point in that mid-range? It is, it's been a little while since I've Formulated yeah. one. Sorry, I'm, I'm put you on the spot. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking up. Uh, I was just curious because normally in the past, developer. and I, I think a lot of companies have just started with uh, labeling saying starter grower. I don't know. I really don't know if any company that has a specific starter, and they have a 50-pound bag of grower that's only for that eight to 16-week period, and then and then I think most of them now just call it starter grower, and it's good for 16 weeks mm -hmm. to 18 weeks, and then you just go to the uh, – or somewhere between 16 and 18 weeks when that 50-pound bag goes empty. <laughs> well, yeah. I get that question a lot. They'll be like, I still have you know a half a bag of starter, and uh, – you know, at 16 weeks, I'm like, do I need to waste that? Can I finish giving it? You know, so, yeah, it's somewhere between 16 and 18 weeks when that 50-pound bag of starter grower uh, ends that you could start with your uh, <laughs> your layer feed. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's probably, a, you know, a good time frame, um, I, I think, in most cases. And I, I think you're right on the on the developer with the, the protein. But, uh, yeah, the, you know, the problem is, you want those birds to get some more calcium before they start laying, mm -hmm. but you also don't want too much. And yeah. so for, you know, if you look at a, a starter feed or a grower feed, um, you want the calcium to available phosphorus ratio to be, to be about two to one. Okay. And so, you know, avail available phosphorus is one of those things that's usually not on a feed tag. You just have total phosphorus. But um, when you look at any nutrient, uh, you know they're not a hundred percent digestible, mm -hmm. and so that's why it's important. We look at the uh, the phosphorus from each ingredient that the bird can actually use, and you, and you want that two to one ratio because that's the ratio that's in bones. Um, so you know if if you feed a, a layer feed to a bird that's not laying, then that ratio is really high, um, and so that that's gonna you know, potentially cause uh, redu reductions in nutrient digestibility um, and uh, maybe some know, kidney issues, skeletal problems. Yeah, kidney issues, skeletal problems. Um, you know, when you look at at calcium and phosphorus, you can cause uh, skeletal problems uh, no matter which one is high or low. It's just if if that ratio is messed up and. Uh, so I guess when I'm thinking about it, I, you know, if you if you wait a little too long to to give them the layer feed, mm -hmm. then you know, maybe you they don't get pull, quite as many eggs. They may uh, pull some calcium. They may pull some calcium out of their bones at that point too, to to produce those shells if there's not enough calcium. Yeah, yeah, and and so you know it's not ideal, but it's but it's probably better than if you fed a layer feed to. You know, too young of a bird. Too young of a bird, yeah. Okay, that's good to have too. When I'm talking with folks and and get that question, the the 
lesser of two evils, if you will, you know, it would be, yeah, better um, to uh, delay that. Okay, that makes sense. I'll start uh, recommending that, too, if that question ever ever comes up. Um, and then pretty much free choice as far as feed. I know we haven't really talked about that. At the chick level, it's not something, and I do stress this when we're, we're teaching uh, workshops and have new chicken owners, it's not like maybe dog or cat food where you fill their food tray up in the morning, and when it's out, it's out, and then the next morning you fill it up, and if they run out, they run out, kind of like I feed the dog every morning, and then, hey, the next morning, or you know, I know a pet nutrition is different across the board too, but you want this, these baby chicks to have feed available in their feed trough, in their feeder uh 24-7, all the time, you want to have them have access yep. to that feed uh, all the time. It's not just, well, uh, a baby chick eats this much per day, so I measured it out, and I gave it to them this morning, and that's what they got because that's what the uh, that's what it says they eat every day. Some people do that with hens. They're like, okay, uh, a laying hen is going to eat about a quarter cup a day, somewhere between an eighth and a quarter cup of feed a day. So I've got 10 hens, so I'm going to give them, you know, two, whatever the amount is, <laughs> you know, two and a half, three cups, mm-hmm. and they give it to them once, and they, there you go. And we, we've beat that horse uh, many a times uh, on the show about the importance of having feed availability 24-7, even if they free range, um, and because they're going to need that, that – uh, that nutritionally balanced, that balanced feed. Same with chicks, feed availability tw- and water, of course, availability 24-7. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, yeah, all, all throughout their life. Um, yeah, it's one of the, the biggest things that, that you want to avoid is, is you know, having that, that chick want some water or feed and not being able to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you think about it, you know, that, that's it's very stressful. You know, if you're really hungry – and you go to the refrigerator and it's empty, and you don't have any way to to go find more food. Uh, you know you're not going to be very happy. And when you have stress, that you know that's going to um, increase inflammation and negatively affect your immune function, make you more susceptible to diseases. Um, in in terms of uh, production of animals, you yep. know that's going to potentially negatively impact growth or egg production. Um, so, yeah, you, you yeah. always want to have water and food uh, available so that they can um, eat or drink when they want to. Yeah, a perfect human example. You know, you go to the refrigerator and it's empty. Uh, imagine the panic, like, ah, I'm hungry, I'm getting hungry. But even a better example, I know in, 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 in my life that when your wife says that she's hungry, if, if there's not food on the table or if she's not feeding her face in about 35 minutes, boy, your life is about to change for the worse. I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> that's just going to yeah. always give her a hard time about that. When Jen says she's hungry, it's best to start preparing, start looking, start seeing what's in the kitchen, and start getting that belly fill because um, in about 35 minutes, boy, your, cha- your life is about to change for, for a n- not a good way. <laughs> yeah. When she gets hungry, I'm telling you, she's looking at me kind of with that mean face again. But she'll admit it. She'll admit it. She's like, oh, I'm getting hungry. And uh, I'm really hungry, especially when we traveled on the road, you know, full time and, and doing that. You know, when, it's, when, when she says, you know, I'm getting kind of hungry, you start looking at the exits. <laughs> You're like, okay, yeah. okay wait, let's look at the exits and see where we can stop and, and uh, park this big RV. Who's got, and, uh same thing. Now, I've done that here because we do a lot of things here 
not that it's going to be uh, harmful to our chickens, but we've done things like people often say, oh, well, mine just free range, and that's going to be perfectly healthy for them. They're going to get all they need out there and free ranging, you know, to live a healthy life. And, and we know that's not true. Science proves that's not true. They're not going to lay as many eggs. They're not going to be as a healthy bird. Um, they'll be, be pulling bone, uh, calcium out of their bones when they're having to lay. Um, and we've done that here. Uh, mm-hmm. Where I'm just like you go, you know, I'm, 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 their, their feeders get empty. Let's say just, uh, you know, they have feed 24/7, water 24/7, but lo and behold, you know, they, they run out before the next time, the next day, the next two, you know, might have huge feeders, and 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 you know, you let those feeders go empty, uh, anywhere from five minutes to five hours long. As soon as I start ruffling feed bags to get up there and feed them. They just swarm me like bees, all these hens, all this all around my feet going, where's my feet? I said, you've yeah. only been out of, you've all, your feeders have only been empty for 30 minutes. <laughs> you know, only, your feeders have been only open for two hours. You know, you're, you're, for three years, I've been providing you food, and then your feeders go empty for, for two hours, and now you're swarming me like you've, you've, you're starving. And so I remember talking to Dr. McRae about this. I was like, okay, you want to play that game? Uh, and, and I really did this for the folks that say, oh, they're, they're going to be fine doing free range. So I said, okay, I'm cutting you guys off. you got free range. You know, you've got 13 acres to go and find your feed. Go and find your feed. And within about three days, I had no eggs. Um, and they were never happy. And they just uh, – it was, it was really interesting. It was a great experiment. And I'm going to possibly follow that up with changing from nutritionally balanced feed – to just scratch. We've already done the, okay, now you're just going to free range. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get any more nutrition and feed from me. You're just going to go free range. Three days, we had no eggs. Each day, we got less eggs, and I think three or four days out, no eggs in their nest boxes. And um, and then I talked, was talking to Dr. McCray about this and running kind of that experiment about the folks that say, oh, they'll free range, they'll be fine. And then and the next, we're going to probably just fill their feeders with scratch and see what kind of negative effects we have based on laying or health of the birds or if they still act like they're hungry or still act like they're missing something in their diet. If they start eating eggs, I've had that too when I've experimented with different yeah. feeds in the past uh, where they I've never had an egg-eating issue. I was using this one feed that kind of mixed Basically, it was scratch with some pellets mixed in so they could call it nutritionally balanced. And that was the first time feeding that feed that I ever had an egg eater. They started eating their eggs. I walked out one day. They all ran out of one coop and ran into the other coop where their nutritionally balanced feed was. It it was just amazing to see this stuff when you're trying it out or testing it out, how these birds react to that kind of stuff. Um, Let's say that they ate all the scratch for the first three or four days, and all that was left in their feeder was the little pellets. And then they finally eat the pellets because that's all that's left. Is that really considered nutritionally balanced? That they basically ate scratch for four days, and then every fifth day they're eating some pellets. You know, it's it was really interesting to see yeah. that type of food uh, and, and that type of food how it affects their diet. And when they run out of that coop to get into the other coop where their regular pellets are for the, with that flock, it's really fascinating the science and watching your birds and see how they react to different things. Uh, whether it be just free range or just scratch or a mixture or this other type of feed that it seems like it's kind of become popular, which just looks like scratch grains with some pellets and all the nutrition's in those pellets, uh, and they eat that last if at all. So uh, egg production dropped. We've heard that from a lot of folks, but um, you know what? I, it, we've gone over about six minutes. This has been a fantastic show. It's been very interactive. Hopefully, I've asked a lot of questions that I think that our listeners are probably wanting to ask. Um, is there anything kind of on your outline there that you're like, you know, before we go, I really want to stress this, or I wanted to comment about this or that um, before we uh, wrap it up? Um, no, well, nothing that wouldn't uh, <laughs> take way too long, but I think right. just to 
to comment on on uh, um, you know what you you've been uh, talking about with you know if you have a, a scratch feed with the pellets you know and we have a couple of those um, you know this this that probably is better than just a a three way or, or or something that's just whole grains because um, you know then we can make it theoretically a complete feed you know if right, we were to right. eat eat it all in um in the proportions that, that it, you know is in the bag right. um but the only opportunity to to uh get the vitamins and minerals and and uh you know balance the calcium and phosphorus and and all those different things is, is in that pellet right yeah um and so you know so the, those nutrients are very concentrated um in that pellet in order to make it a complete you know balanced diet if they were to consume all of it and so in the case like like you mentioned if if for whatever reason that flock um doesn't eat it in a balanced way and they and they you know wait till till the end to eat the pellets well now they're they're eating all of that uh you know uh the, the vitamins, the minerals, the, the amino acids um, that are very concentrated, you know, much more than they would be in just a pelleted feed. And the, those birds just, uh, you know, for a lot of those nutrients aren't going to have the uh, the capacity to digest and absorb all of those nutrients. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, not only did they not get a, a balanced feed over the past uh you know, however long it was since they started eating the grain, but then, you know, then a lot of that's going to get wasted, which means that if you if you averaged out their nutrient intake, you know, over that time period, they did, they didn't get enough um, because uh, as it's going through that digestive tract, they they can't uh, use it all, and uh, so a lot of it's you know then going to you know end up on the ground, and that that's uh, that's money on the ground. And Absolutely. not to, yeah, and and not to mention that it's not not the best for the birds as well. Yeah, and my understanding is that they um, they'll eat to meet the uh, their energy requirement. So yeah, and we've done videos this. I've probably mentioned it every show way too much, but where, where I mm-hmm. sprinkled out some of their nutritionally balanced land pellets, about the size of a round of a basketball, and then uh, they started eating the pellets, and I just kind of layered uh, just a small little layer of uh, the scratch. And then it wasn't time lapse; it was live video, and you could. But it looked like time lapse. How you could see all the scratch just starting to disappear, and all that was left was the nutritionally balanced uh, laying pellets below, and they had all that corn and met their energy level because corn start energy, and then they walk away and they leave all the good stuff on the ground. It's kind of like if I sprinkled Skittles on my kids' broccoli tonight for dinner you will slowly see all those skittles just kind of disappear out of their little tray of broccoli <laughs> and all that and all, <laughs> all that's left is yep. broccoli and so it's funny where people will give stuff and they think because their chickens love it that it's it's good for them oh my chickens love fill in the blank and because so they think that because their chickens love it it must be good for them and uh well my kids will love snickers bar my chicken you know Re- replace that. My kids love to eat. Oh, my chickens love to eat. And 
that doesn't necessarily correlate to a good healthy bird uh, at the end of the day that you want for of course all those nutritious eggs and a good healthy long layer and and being able to get through stressful times, whether they're challenged with the disease or challenged with weather, like you mentioned, hot. We know mm-hmm. uh, heat is far more detrimental to the birds than the cold ever will be. So um, if you think, I can ask you on air versus just texting you, uh, based on the notes that you have for this show that we didn't quite cover, do you think it would warrant a second follow-up on baby chick uh, nutrition uh, next month? Because I know I'll probably have uh, Dr. McRae or Dr. Pateski kind of cover like brooding or something like that. Do you think we could fill another show? I part baby chick nutrition part do, um, or, or do you? Yeah, think, po- uh, possibly. Um, okay. You know, I, I, I was just gonna, you know, since you mentioned the. Uh, you know how they they eat to meet their energy requirement, and 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 there's some some of that's amino acid requirements too. But mm-hmm. um, you know that that really affects how much it actually costs to feed the bird. And so that that was the the thing I want I wanted to talk about is you know if you look at, at you know there's one Kickstarter that's um, you know I, I don't know how, how many dollars it would be, but then you know you've got another one that's a uh, a more premium feed that costs two or three dollars more a bag, and you, and you think, well, that's you know a lot more expensive, but it, you know in most cases that that more expensive feed is going to be more nutrient dense, which means the birds aren't going to eat as much um, to have the same uh, yeah this, this, you know you get much better feed conversion, which is the amount of of feed per amount of uh, gain or the number of eggs that that are laid. Maybe less poop uh, on the ground, and maybe less smell in your coop, less ammonia because of the ingredients that are used in the in the feed as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you know. I mean, to to me, if I uh, you know I I don't have birds myself, um, but but if I did, I you know that would be important to me is to have really good litter quality, um, and 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 not only because it would make my life easier, but it's it's also better for the birds. Um, you know, because ammonia is harmful. Um, if you have uh, poor litter quality, then they can get uh, you know sores on their on their foot pads, and and uh, and then you have more chance for for disease if you don't have nice dry litter. So so yeah, I mean I, that, that's why you know in a in a lot of cases it's it's worth it to invest in a in a better feed, and and a lot of times it's, it's actually cheaper. That's an interesting concept as well. Let's do that. Then we won't have to be thinking a lot about coming up with uh, next month's episode. And it's still early enough for all these folks getting chicks in February and then, of course, March and April. And we know Easter comes late this year, so the chick season is going to be really expanded and even longer than it maybe normally is if Easter comes, say, in March. So uh, mm-hmm. even in February, the third – or I guess the fourth Thursday in February, we'll, uh, we'll just do baby chick nutrition part two with Dr. Gehring, and uh, we'll cover that kind of thing. We maybe can put our brains together and think about different concepts. So like you just said, the people that just, just may not think about that. Maybe if I spend a little bit more in the feed, it's going to last longer, which is going to save me more. It's going to be, they're going to be able to utilize that. Less poop in my coop, uh, less ammonia in my coop because of that. So that extra 3 4 $5 uh, may <laughs> be well worth it. Um, in, in the long run for many different reasons. So let's do that. And then I think your Spring Issue magazine, the magazine, the Spring Issue of Chicken Whisper magazine, this is going to be, I believe, your topic, the baby chick nutrition, where you can take this show, the next show, 
and kind of put it all mm-hmm. in front of them with charts and different things like that and all that, that you want to cover yeah. um, to, to convey. So that'll be your spring issue, which is fantastic. And I know that uh, I think Dr. McRae for the spring issue is doing um, – a review on some new brooders uh, that have come out uh, recently. So she's got all her studies that she's going to be presenting, and uh, there'll be some others, uh, great articles in, in that as well. So uh, and that, I think that's due around the 10th to the 15th of February. So just to remind you again. I'll have it ready. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Hey, thanks so much for coming You're on welcome. today. Fabulous show. Lots of great notes. Lots of yeah great information and having us think outside the box regarding our nutrition for our baby chicks uh, as we get them from the hatcheries this season. Thanks so much for coming on. It's uh, Dr. Curran Gehring, uh, PhD, poultry nutritionist with uh, Tucker Milling Feeds. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, take care. All righty. So obviously we'll follow up with this month's show and next month's show with Dr. Uh, Gehring uh, about with that article that's going to be in Chicken Whisper magazine coming up, uh, our spring issue. It'll be a great big issue, and I know you're going to like it. You can subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisper magazine uh, at chickenwhispermagazine.com. Totally free, no bait and switch. No, oh, you'll have the digital edition for free for a month or two. Then you got to buy the print for $9.99. None of that. Just um, – uh, completely free. You can, in fact, this is our seventh or eighth year uh, of doing the magazine, and you can see every single article ever published in the magazine at chickenwhisperermagazine.com. So you want to make sure that you do that because guess what? It is absolutely uh, a freebie for you. So let me see what button I need to push, and then we'll get out of here, and we'll see you next week. Let me see what we have in store first. First Thursday. You know what? I do not think there's a show next Thursday with Dr. McRae, uh, but I know the Thursday after that we are going to have uh, poultry veterinarian Dr. Pateski, and then the third week we have, um, I think it's the 17th of February, we have a very special show with a very special guest who's going to be taking the whole show to teach you how to possibly Make a little money from your flock if that's your goal, uh, whether it be egg production, meat production, free range, how to do that. So um, from somebody who's done it himself, somebody who is successful with that and wants to share his success with you, that will be the third, I believe, uh, week in February. I'll be pr- uh, promoting that show here in a little bit. So uh, that's going to wrap it up here on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. We'll see you next week. This has been Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling, with your host, Andy Schneider. For more information, find us on the web at chickenwhisperer.com, on Facebook by typing in The Chicken Whisperer, on Twitter, at Backyard Poultry, and on Instagram, at The Real Chicken Whisperer. Thanks for listening.